You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so is free and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On tonight's episode, I thought I would talk about some interesting uh, observations from the postseason, particularly about Toronto and Montreal, two of Winnipeg's next round opponents. Obviously, well, it's only going to be one of these two teams, but I think both of them present very different challenges. Let's start off with the Habs, who have a very unusual approach, because it often seems like the team trends towards chaos. When I watch the the Canadians try to clear out the zone and, and essentially make breakouts, it often reminds me of Winnipeg. And unfortunately for Habs fans, I don't really mean that as a compliment. When you see them try to spring breakouts from the defensive zone, oftentimes they make these really bad stretch passes, clear it along the walls and make attempts into already covered passing lanes, which if you're a team like Montreal, you really can't afford that because Carey Price, while he is okay in many respects, certainly good at times, he's not going to be able to cover every sort of turnover and mistake that Montreal makes, and from some of the games that I've seen between them and the Leafs, it seems like Montreal is very error-prone. There's not really a, a single plan that I can trace back in terms of like a clear tactical approach. It feels like Montreal very much sits deep and then tries to counter, but unfortunately for the Habs, they don't really have the talent, and certainly their defensive coverages often lead to them turning over the puck and conceding. In tonight's game, what I've noticed is that, you know, Toronto takes like a very high aggressive line up the ice. It looks like they're spying Montreal's passing routes and stuff pretty well, and Montreal has actually gotten picked off on a number of occasions. It's definitely noticeable when they're trying to create breakout counters, especially against that really aggressive Toronto front. You know, while Toronto is very high up the ice, the Habs have had trouble finding those breakout seams and passes to actually take advantage and score on the counter. Thus far, though, it hasn't really mattered. I, I did see that in terms of, like, crease chaos and stuff, Montreal is definitely getting to very dirty areas. And Yoel Armia, who has actually been a menace against the Jets, has a couple of goals in tonight's game by just sort of hanging around the crease, crashing the net, clearing the area, and being doggedly persistent around the net. You know, that, that puck was sort of bouncing around, and eventually Armia was able to corral it and score. The first shot was actually a nice snipe on a forced turnover, but the second one was just him sort of prowling around and waiting for Toronto's defenders to make a mistake while sitting in front of um, Jack Campbell. Campbell was like rolling around on the crease. Most of Toronto's defenders didn't really know where the puck was. Armia's in the middle of everything and just sort of shoves it home. Those tend to be the kinds of goals that I associate with Montreal because you look at their roster and in terms of high-end skill, it's a little bit limited, but that hasn't always been a problem for them. Under Claude Julien, they were very good at making the most of what they had with some pretty decent distribution and, and setup plays, but unfortunately, you know, the goal scoring has always been something that sort of eluded them. Under Dominic Ducharme, I think the team is actually much worse. And so what I tend to see with a lot of their plays is that it's very disorganized, very chaotic, very loose, and especially defensively, the Montreal Canadiens are pretty weak. This is a team that often passes into danger, and their defenders are often in bad spaces, bunching up around their linemates in areas that actually exposes them, and then, you know, on the counter, they are pretty vulnerable. 
Toronto's had a couple of really great looks at Carey Price. I feel like Price is extremely good tonight and is quite honestly keeping Toronto off the score sheet. He's the only reason that Montreal hasn't really conceded like two to three goals already. With Jack Campbell at the other end, I don't really expect Montreal to get too, too many more great looks. I think at some point Jack is going to seal up shop and it's going to be difficult for them to score. So, you know, any any sort of goal margins that they can get now, they'll want to add to it immediately and put all of the pressure on Toronto to be perfect because the uh, the Maple Leafs are looking pretty hungry. They're kind of pissed about getting into a situation where they're already down 2 nothing. This is an elimination game, and yet Toronto is the one that looks like they're on the receiving end of a frustrating loss. As far as the Jets are concerned, I think Montreal is the easier of the two teams. I think that, you know, the Habs are are very disorganized. Defensively, they don't really seem to communicate as well, and their positioning is a bit suspect. Like I said uh, earlier in the episode, they remind me a lot of the Jets defensively, which is not a compliment. There's a lot of weird markings and overlapping routes and stuff that don't really make sense. And then if you start to skate around and, and create a cycle game against them, that pressure starts to really throw the Canadians' defenders off. They really struggle to mark their routes, they often lose track of their skaters, and they just don't really have the foot speed and defensive IQ to keep up with uh, a lot of really high-end talents. At the other end of the ice, though, I did see that their skaters tend to activate pretty aggressively. You know, Jeff Petrie and John Merrill were both getting into some pretty good shooting lanes, so that is something that the Jets will want to be aware of. Winnipeg likes to take point shots, too, but they often take it from long distances looking for deflections. Montreal's deer are a little bit more aggressive and actually drop towards the face-off circles before taking their shot, which is something that I wish the Jets did a little bit more often. Sometimes Winnipeg will do this, but not as much. I think Montreal's primary goal-scoring threat, though, is going to be off of chaotic turnovers and stuff. If Winnipeg is to face a team like the Habs, they just have to be prepared for, like, a really scrappy physical game. Montreal is very comfortable mixing it up and grinding along the walls and in the corners, which, for the Jets, is not really their style. I don't think Montreal is that hard to beat, but you'd have to be really careful, especially if Montreal starts to create chaos in Winnipeg's slot. That's something that I don't think the Jets are particularly well adept at handling. They have never been great at handling chaos to begin with, and they've been leaning on Hellebuck very heavily to clean those messes up. So I wouldn't be, like, super confident, but I would also think that between the two teams, Montreal is the one that you definitely want to see the most. Toronto is a much different breed of, of hockey team and certainly playing at a level that's far above what the Habs are capable of. And we'll talk about why Toronto is both much better than the Habs and also prone to some of the same issues that Montreal faces, especially when they're pressured. Before we take a look at the Leafs, though, I did want to tell you a little bit about why rockauto.com should be the only place you buy your auto parts. When it comes to buying auto parts, most of us are pretty inexperienced. I'd imagine that a lot of you, even if you're DIY mechanics, you may not know the best deals, or if you're really green at it, you really don't know what you're looking for at all. If you want to stop wasting time and money, look no further than rockauto.com. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set price range filters so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you're looking for a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? rockauto.com never has a membership fee, and all customers pay the same prices no matter their experience level. When you place your order, be sure to write Lockdown in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them Lockdown sent you. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are discussing some playoff observations from the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. One of these two teams is going to be the team that Winnipeg faces in round number two, so I thought it'd be a good idea to take a look at what their strengths and weaknesses are, and we've talked about the Montreal Canadiens being the easier matchup. 
Now it's time to take a look at the Leafs and what makes them tick. When I think of Toronto, I often think of speed, but not necessarily in terms of like really fast edge work and acceleration and high-end skating ability. Toronto definitely has guys who are capable of that, but what really separates Toronto from a lot of other teams is really fast puck movement. It often seems like the Leafs are really good at finding really good pre-shot positioning and certainly pre-pass positioning. You know, a lot of guys are constantly opening themselves up into good shooting lanes. They're putting themselves in good positions to exploit defensive coverages. And Toronto always seems to be looking for either those backdoor plays or really good cross-slot passes. This is something that the Jets have often struggled to defend, and I, I have a feeling if the Leafs are the team that the Jets are most likely to face, it's especially going to be a problem on the power play. Now, I know like Toronto's special teams unit has been a little bit mediocre this year, but I don't know if that's going to matter. The Jets' penalty kill tends to allow a lot of space to opposing shooters, and in terms of like shutting down passing and shooting lanes is concerned, the Jets aren't great at that, especially uh, shorthanded, so... I'm not really sure that I would want to run the table against the Leafs. I say all of this, but Winnipeg actually managed to do a pretty okay job of at least frustrating Connor McDavid's power play unit. It wasn't a sterling performance, but Connor Hellebuck did a lot of heavy lifting and managed to at least uh, limit the damage against, so maybe if the Jets face a team that tends to overpass and maybe not shoot as much, it might be to their advantage. This is a penalty kill, certainly, that doesn't have the, the sort of skill and depth to handle a team like Toronto, at least under normal circumstances. Somehow, though, the Leafs' power play just, I don't know, maybe they overthink things. They're a little bit too hesitant on the puck. Either way, it does help the Jets out that it's not quite as lethal and dangerous as the Edmonton Oilers power play is, but you still don't want to take them for granted. Where the Leafs are going to be a real problem is when it comes to depth, and especially the depth forwards. Their bottom two lines are very deep, and I feel like, compared to the Jets' depth lines, Toronto has the skill and upside to really hurt Winnipeg. You know, the Leafs are putting out Spezza and Thornton and some of these other guys in their bottom six, versus Winnipeg, which has like Nate Thompson... Jansen Harkins, Trevor Lewis types. And while Trevor Lewis is actually pretty decent, the rest of these third and fourth liners don't tend to accomplish much, so you, you pit them against really experienced, savvy veterans like Thornton and the rest. I, I think that right there already looks like a mismatch to me, especially if the Jets continue to run their third line as Cop, Appleton, and Lowry together. That unit hasn't really been as effective, so... I don't have super optimistic feelings about it. It's maybe not the worst because those lines aren't exactly super fast and maybe Winnipeg can take advantage of that. But as far as like skill and, and experience are concerned, the bottom six for Toronto is very savvy, very well equipped. And it allows Toronto to run four different lines with pretty good time splits and stuff and keep everyone rested. So that is a bit of a concern. Toronto's defense um, is pretty okay. I wouldn't say it's amazing. A lot of times they tend to forget their markings and stuff, but... Uh, offensively, those blue liners are very active, very committed. I could imagine that they would cause some issues for the Jets, especially a guy like Morgan Riley. In their own defensive zone, though, if you apply pressure, Toronto's defensive structure does tend to collapse, and their, you know, their forwards aren't exactly defensively attuned either, so there are some potential advantages here for the Jets, especially if they want to create chaos down low. It's going to really be dependent on how much Jack Campbell is able to cover for his blue liners. I feel like Campbell has done a pretty good job for the most part, but if Toronto starts turning over the puck a lot like they are against the Canadians, that would be an issue for Campbell. I, I don't know that he's able to really cover just as much as Hellebuck is. Campbell has shown that he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Hellebuck in like one-off games, but in terms of like a seven-game series, I'm not sure Toronto's goaltending is quite on the same level. Hellebuck's just really good, very consistent, and really hard to beat. It's going to take the Maple Leafs being darn near perfect to beat him because it's just Hellebuck. I mean, he's just amazing. He was ridiculous against McDavid. He was ridiculous throughout most of the regular season. Goaltending-wise, Winnipeg definitely has the advantage. Special teams-wise, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a bit of an interesting one. 
my gut feeling is the Jets' power play is going to be better and more effective, especially because Winnipeg has two killer units. While the first power play isn't quite as effective as the second one, in my opinion, it's still very good and has plenty of goal-scoring potential, so I wouldn't write it off. If Toronto's power plays were a little bit more active and maybe less overthinking their passing and shooting routes, I don't think we would be talking about this as much of a um, potential mismatch as it does appear to be, but I think Toronto's special teams not being super effective at least gives the Jets a slight advantage here, and that's going to be crucial because Toronto at even strength is going to be the much better team. I think the Leafs are the kind of squad that's going to give the Jets a lot of fits, especially because of the amount of depth and skill that the Leafs have. And the way that they can cut apart your slot area, especially against slower, heavier defenders like the Jets have, that presents a real challenge for Winnipeg, especially with those really good crossing passes, a lot of rapid movement, and some really aggressive zone cycling. The Jets are going to have to lean really heavily on Hellebuck if that is the matchup, and certainly they're going to have to hope that Toronto's depth forwards, who will lack a bit of foot speed, are able to be countered against, especially on really rapid verticals. It is a thing that the Jets could take advantage of. We've seen Kyle Connor do that occasionally, and a couple of other Jets forwards leading odd man rushes. But yeah, I mean, on the grand scale of things, it's just really hard to find all that many flaws with the way that Toronto plays. You know, the Maple Leafs do occasionally struggle under pressure, but this is a pretty deep team. They're one of the best teams in the uh, the North Division. Certainly the best in my book. I think they have a really well-balanced roster and a pretty good approach. Uh, you know, there aren't that many weaknesses that you can point out, and I think if I was to try and say which of these teams is going to emerge between the Jets and Leafs, to me it looks firmly in favor of Toronto. That's not to say that the Jets couldn't pull off an upset like they did against uh, Edmonton, but I don't know, man, it's going to be a really tight matchup. The one thing I will say that does give me some confidence is that the Jets have actually played Toronto pretty evenly, so regardless of what actually happens in terms of the outcome of the series, at least you can expect the Jets to play a fun, engaging, exciting series. It definitely won't be a sweep, so I would not expect that for either team, but I think Toronto may actually pull it off in six games. Before that, though, the Leafs are actually going to have to finish off the Montreal Canadiens. And in just a little bit, we'll find out if Montreal was actually able to salvage this series or if Toronto finished the job and is prepared to face Winnipeg in round number two. Before then, though, I thought you should hear about why BetOnline.ag needs to be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you need to be registered with BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball and hockey season are in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, international football, UFC, MMA, and every fabulous sport in between. Before the next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and join your favorite teams as they begin their quest for the playoffs. Win while they win. To get started, register for a free account at BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON at registration to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a free 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We were talking about some of our playoff observations for Montreal versus Toronto. And while we were talking, the game actually continued on. And of course, I told you what would happen at the end. Either Toronto was going to advance, and that would be the team that Winnipeg faces next, or Montreal forces a game number six. For a while, Montreal looked to be in sort of cruise control. I would say that uh, Toronto was definitely the better team in this game, but... Despite the great scoring opportunities and whatnot that Toronto was generating, Montreal's goalkeeper had ended up 
bailing out pretty much everything that came his way. And then when Montreal got, you know, goal scoring counters and whatnot, Toronto really couldn't handle it. Mostly due to Jack Campbell not quite being as sharp as he usually is. Carey Price at the other end would make stupendous save after stupendous save, and then Campbell would let in like a really greasy one. With the Habs, though, you can never really trust them, and unfortunately for Montreal, they started to uh, collapse as the second period kind of came to a close and the third period began. You could sort of see Montreal was struggling to cope with Toronto's pressure, and eventually they did start to concede goals, which, you know, probably not super surprised by, and as the third period wore on, the Maple Leafs ended up tying it 3-3, which, of course, for all of us Jets fans, was a little bit of a nervy time. You know, we are basically hoping that Winnipeg gets as much time off as possible, the Jets are probably a little bit banged up, and frankly, they could use the rest. Getting back to a fuller health and getting some time off to rest and reset would be fantastic for everyone on the roster. Certainly, the Jets, um, like Nikolai Ehlers, who probably needs to get his shoulder healed up a little bit. You know, Blake Wheeler had a couple of injuries throughout the season, including the cracked ribs and then eventually his cracked, um, let's just say, sensitive parts after that block shot. And the Jets lean pretty heavily on Connor Hellebuck, so maybe some time off for him as well wouldn't be bad. Meanwhile, Toronto and Montreal continue to wail on each other. Uh, you know, at this point, I was kind of wondering if, if Montreal was going to end up collapsing and struggling to the point where this game would end up being their last of the postseason. But of course, the Habs are a very pesky opponent. And thanks to a really bad back pass that was essentially to nowhere from Alex Galchenyuk, Montreal ended up getting a 2 one nothing breakaway. And that was that. Montreal takes the game and forces a game number six, which is great for the Jets. It gives them another couple days off. Most likely Winnipeg won't play until the start of next week, and despite that being kind of sucky as far as like hockey watching is concerned, for the Jets it's definitely a good thing again to get some R&R and training in between. The Jets had a pretty busy season, and the last uh, tail end of the season wasn't so great, so they'll continue to get some time off at least until the start of next week where they can get prepared for whoever it is that's going to survive this series. Honestly, if Carey Price does what he did again uh, in this game, I could imagine Toronto getting forced into a Game 7. John Tavares was actually cited in practice doing a couple of early skates today. I don't think he's really that close to returning, to be honest. I don't think he would come back in this series unless they really forced it, and I, I, I don't know that that's particularly safe. But either way, I would probably anticipate him coming back at some point against the Jets if Toronto were to be Winnipeg's next opponent. If it is, in fact, the Montreal Canadiens, I think the Jets would probably be a little bit more pleased with that. Tavares, of course, is an extremely good forward, so I would imagine that him coming back towards the Toronto lineup, even if he's a bit rusty, would fortify that center depth and give Toronto another really good power play goal scorer. I'm not really sure who I expect to win this series. I still think Toronto is going to edge out Montreal at some point. I don't know if it's going to happen in the next game or not, but this was probably Toronto's really good chance to put the series away. And again, they just weren't quite able to do it, which is kind of a symptom of their past couple of playoff runs. And I don't think it's necessarily Toronto's fault. I just think sometimes, you know, even when they play well, maybe the goaltending doesn't quite align. Or if the goaltending's on point, maybe the shooting percentage and fortune just isn't there. Needless to say, Toronto's a very good team. They're probably not too worried about blowing the series lead quite yet. If Montreal forces a Game 7, though, that is probably panic territory, and I would imagine that Toronto will be very tired by the time they actually reach the Jets. Overall, though, good news for Jets fans. I'm sure you're probably anxiously anticipating Winnipeg's return to playoff action, but hey, a little more time off for the Jets is probably not the worst thing. Winnipeg's got a real chance to make noise in this division, and certainly in the postseason if, in fact, they can stay healthy and continue to get rest. I think that would be beneficial for Winnipeg. This is a great opportunity for them to start to prep for the long term, and maybe it gives them the advantage in round number two. We will find out very soon. For tonight's episode, though, that will do it for our playoff coverage. Before you log off, don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. 
Post Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.